The Arwen Lewis Show is brought to you by OMAD Records. Find out more at omadrecords.com. As part of the Jeremiah Show, it's the Arwen Lewis Show. Arwen Lewis is a singer, a songwriter, and a guitarist. She inhabits our blue planet, but her beliefs belong in the celestial realm. As the daughter of Peter Lewis, a founding member of rock and roll cult icons Moby Grape, and the granddaughter of Oscar-winning actress Loretta Young, she's been part of the creative cosmos all of her life. She's a slice of sonic heaven, poised to enter your heart, mind, and soul. She's an artist, producer, and writer, and she's your radio host. J.K. Jones here. I'm here with my lovely daughter, Lauren Lundeen, who will be singing harmony on my original song called This Change. Here we go. This is Arwen Lewis on the Arwen Lewis Show. Um, I'm here under the Jeremiah Show platform, and you just heard J.K. Jones singing her beautiful song, This Change. It's a live performance in studio today, and uh, J.K. Jones is my very special guest. I'll read uh, you a little introduction about her now. Um, J.K. Jones picked up her brother's guitar before the age of 10 and studied classical flute in grade school. She won gold and silver medals for performance at the Los Angeles Unified School District Solo and Ensemble Festival. She also performed as part of the Folksters group, where she debuted her first Joni Mitchell covers. In college, she began writing songs in earnest, joined a band, and played at various venues in the Bay Area, including on the radio, at coffee houses, private parties, and weddings. After a performance hiatus to raise a family and create her part... Um, 
or, oh, caretake her parents, JK returned to performing. She sang at pop concerts, joined the Los Angeles Lawyers Philharmonic and Legal Voices Choir, with whom she sang at the Disney Concert Hall, Rice Hall, and the Wallace Annenberg Theater in Los Angeles. In 2015, JK suffered a neck injury that changed everything. She fought to recover her voice. After more than a year of intensive physical therapy and vocal retraining, she found new confidence and started rolling out her originals and Joni Mitchell covers at various open mics on YouTube at JK Jones Music One, at the former coffee gallery backstage, Lost Chord Guitars, Tarzana Community and Cultural Center, the Canyon Club, and she headlined a Joni Mitchell tribute concert at the Stardust Concert Series in May 2023. She was recently invited to perform at a Joni Mitchell tribute in British Columbia, Canada. JK was awarded a scholarship to attend the 2023 New England Singer-Songwriters Retreat for her original song, Sisters of Mercy, which, she, which will be on her first EP expected to be released here in spring 2024. What an impressive bio. <laughs> and hello, JK, and welcome to the Arwen Lewis Show. Thank you, Arwen. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you again for inviting me to come. It's really an honor. It's an honor to have you on the show. The first time I saw you was at Lost Core Guitars in Solvang, and I was like, is that Joni Mitchell? <laughs> you sound, I mean, you're, you're your own voice and your own person, but it's remarkable how you're able to channel music that way and really interpret an artist so clearly and true to their style because a lot of the times people make their you know make the songs their own and you do but you also stay so loyal and true to the artist and the sound so i can't wait to start talking about that um but i thought we could just talk about kind of you know like your upbringing and where you're from and how you you know got into music so do you want to tell us all where you were raised and um your bio said that you picked up your brother's guitar when you were 10 and you studied flute um what was the beginning of your uh, musical education and yeah where are you from <laughs> sure um well i'm a new englander by birth okay and uh, so i was running around in the wilds of Rhode Island, out in the beautiful countryside. And um, I have to say that the musical influence came from two things as a child. One, my mother loved musical theater. She put these albums on. I would stand at the top of the stairs and just belt out these Julie Andrews and Barbara Streisand songs. I mean, it was just enchanting and it was great acoustics. Mm -hmm. And the second was I was in the children's choir. Okay. So I had a little bit of that influence, and it was my brother that had the instruments, but I don't think he was quite as interested in it as I was. So mm -hmm. that's when I stole my older brother's guitar out of his room and started plunking on it. Um, we moved from the East Coast to California in... Um, well, I won't say when, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> My dad's an aerospace engineer. Okay. So we ended up in the San Fernando Valley, and the kind of cool thing about that move was that I had an opportunity to go into a music program mm -hmm. right away. Had to pick an instrument, so I decided to pick the flute, and that became the start of studying music, learning how to read music properly, um, and playing in you know marching band, orchestra, and all the while I had the guitar going in the background. Okay. One Christmas I received a f as a gift Joni Mitchell's Ladies of the Canyon album and I died and went to absolute heaven. I'd never heard anything like that in my entire life. I was smitten from the very beginning and I realized that uh, my voice's placement is very similar to Joni's in terms of being a mezzo soprano and I thought this is really cool and one of the very unique things that she does is she is able to so smoothly transition up through her chest voice into her head voice and back again with this. It's just magical. And that inspired me. So I set about trying to emulate her as close as I possibly could. So it was both that tone and that style. And, yeah. But it was also um, her writing. Mm -hmm. I was mesmerized. This woman spoke from my heart. I felt like I there's a picture of me holding this album open at Christmas and I'm like, why are you taking my picture? I'm about to cry. Oh, yeah. Because this music had touched my heart so mm -hmm. deeply and you know, then I just couldn't get enough of it. And at that time we were buying uh, the music books in the stores okay. to learn how to play. And the first one that I got uh, was um, 
For the Roses. Okay. The cool thing about the For the Roses music book is that it was um, shown in the alternate tunings. It wasn't transposed into guitar, into piano and standard tuning. So I was able to, in junior high school, learn those pieces of music as they were originally composed by Joni in the alternate tunings. And once I started retuning my guitar, I discovered this world of beauty that was, well... It was just open and uh, easier to play in, for sure. And that was one of the reasons why Joni um, used so many alternate tunings. She suffered uh, with polio as a child, so it affected her ability to structure those chords and to play. So she just made up her own stuff. Oh, she made up a lot of tunings. Okay, she, I didn't she, know that. Yes, and I had read uh, somewhere, I had read her, um, the biography, the uh, Yaffe biography, and during one of her interviews, uh, she said, well, well, you know, I would go out and I would listen to nature and I would get a feeling and I would tune the guitar to what I was feeling out in nature, you know, and this chord that just sort of blended with that environment. And then, I mean, where are these stories and songs it came from in terms of the lyrics? Well, who knows? But I mean, the way she was able to pull all that together was just magical and really inspirational. So the long story, the long, uh, the upshot, I should say, of all of that is that um, she's really been my teacher and my mentor. I figure if I can learn to play her music truthfully, I'm going to peel the onion skin back on so many different things, both vocal technique and, um, you know, chord structures and these alternate tunings. And somehow through learning that well, I'm going to break open things that are really uniquely me, which is some of what you heard today that are songs that were sort of inspired by learning her, from her, learning her music. Yeah, and it sounds like, well, you had the classical training first, right? And then, so you're able to take what you're learning classically and understand and interpret, because what she's doing is very complex, but, you know, because you were already very educated and passionate, right? You were able to understand that and learn her songs, and then, um, yeah, I was going to ask you about, like, your songwriting process, um, uh, and you can you can really hear you and her in your songs, which is really beautiful too. Because especially after people get to know you and hear you sing her songs, I think like you know including her music um, like with yours, like in a set or whatever, is like really nice because you can you know it blends the two together and the songs almost talk to each other. Mm. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to ask you too is yeah, what's your songwriting process like? Do you have an idea in mind before you sit down? Do you write on the guitar or another instrument? Do lyrics come first? Um, what's it like for you? Well, as we know, you're an amazing songwriter yourself. I mean, where does it come from? You know, sometimes, know. The, exactly, <laughs> sometimes the muse is present and really inspires up, uh, us. There are times where I wake up and my mind is full of lyrics and mm -hmm. I just have to grab my phone and get stuff down as rapidly as possible. Yeah. Um, uh, other times I'm noodling around on the guitar and this melody comes out, this sort of progression comes out, and I don't know quite where it's going. Mm -hmm. um, and often when it's a full song, it'll be like that. Usually it's a melody. The Sisters of Mercy song was really this sort of melody with this bending, you know, bass note. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was about. I just had this progression. And then, I, you know, I just started singing, and it became this story about uh, a woman who's supported by her sisters, her friends, you know, and she goes through, the, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of a relationship. Um, and at the end of the day, even though there's a child involved, she's still supported by her friends, by the women. They back her up. And so those are the Sisters of Mercy, and that's kind of what that was about. I don't know why that particular theme came to me, but that's what needed to be said at that moment in time. So I let it flow. I yeah, and um, I what's really interesting too is I was having a conversation with my guest yesterday, and he was a filmmaker, and he was saying kind of talking about the same thing when it comes to filmmaking is is or it's like it, this isn't like ego driven, you know, like when you're writing a beautiful song, or when you end up with a beautiful song, or you end up with a beautiful piece of film or whatever, um, you're really just being the muse and allowing, you know, the character and the ideas to develop. And that's when I feel, I mean, I don't know if you agree with me or not, we're just kind of conversing about this now, but I think that that's what makes for the most beautiful songs when they literally just come through you, an idea is... Um, 
like explained through the music and the lyrics and I feel like that makes the audience feel more comfortable too I kind of feel like when songs are too personal or you know that it can kind of make the audience feel a little uncomfortable right like I feel like if I'm watching a show like I just want to see the idea. I don't want to um, have it explained. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I want to, as a listener, I don't know if you agree with this, but interpret it on my own and see what I get from it, right? Like, and I, I relate to the idea somehow in that way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. When I hear something that seems contrived, mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of the popular music that's out there right now maybe. You know, I don't want to pick any particular genre, but it is very mechanical in a lot of ways. It's predictable. On the one hand, we like that predictability. We want to know, take us to a place, resolve that chord. We Mm -hmm. want to know where we're going. But if it's too much the same, and that can be both in the structure of the song, it's too much the same, then we get a little bored with it. Mm -hmm. But it can also be that it is... um, the way that the music is engineered yeah. is too similar like okay I've heard that those types of beats I've heard that type of uh, um, acoustic effect or you know drum effect or, or whatever it is and now I'm hearing it again and again in all these songs okay I'm comfortable enough yeah. I want to get uncomfortable now yeah. and that's why I think we get really excited when we um, hear an artist that they're evocative, mm-hmm. but they're not a duplication right. of, of things that we like. Like Joni, she's, mm-hmm. she's you know, inimitable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really read who she is, but to bring the, the flavor and evoke the feeling, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, the, the magic that came with those songs when they were composed, I think that is something at least I enjoy hearing that. It's like I get a little tingle up the back of my neck. It's like, ooh, there's that note, you yeah. know, or there's that that phrase, that little turn in, in the way that it's sung that, you know, uh, that really engages me. And I think that's what uh, I like to hear. Yeah. So when I'm doing this songwriting process, you're right. It's like, where does it come from? You know, uh, if I, you know, if I vibe with it, I guess that's the best way to say, yeah. you know, and it's really authentic. So mm-hmm. I think, that you know coming back around it's really you know if it feels real mm-hmm. like there's a real emotion to it but it's not over explained in a way it leaves some things to imagination or we use metaphor mm-hmm. or simile in the writing uh that you know that, that creates imagery uh Joni did that a lot yeah and I think you're right on the money when you're like if it feels right you know and like if it's just flowing and it feels right then that's kind of like when the best songs like come to life um and I mean I don't know how many songwriters I've heard say that too you know and then you know I don't know I can't think of one in particular right now but then you think hear the song you're like oh yeah I'm sure that song just like came out of nowhere that's very nice that happened to you (laughs) (laughs) lucky you right lucky you yeah but um well we're gonna run out to break pretty soon here and when we come back, I want to talk about, because you use a lot of different instruments on stage, too, so I want to have a nice conversation about that, because that's part of your magic, and I'm sure we can talk about tunings for all those instruments, too. Um, if you're just tuning in, my very special guest is J.K. Jones. Uh, you can find out more about her at jkjonesmusic.com, on Facebook under Jillian Van Maiden, um, and on Instagram, J.K. Jones Songs. And then your her YouTube channel is J.K. Jones Music One. And we're going to take you out to break with her original song, Hot to Cold. And then we'll bring you back in uh, with her cover of Joni Mitchell's song, Both Sides Now. And before we run out, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about Hot to Cold? Yes. Uh, Hot to Cold um, is my pop rock hit. Okay. Cool. <laughs> At least that's what I'm hoping for. Um, and uh, it just, again, was a musical progression uh, that I just started singing words to, and they formed up as, well, a relationship song, sort of a dysfunctional relationship song, but um, uh, there you have it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody enjoy Hot to Cold, and we'll be right back. I wanna love you night and day 
hey, wait a minute, ain't we still in it? Don't pack your bags and walk away. Hey, mister, why don't we go play pool at the bar? Let your tequila, I can't believe I kissed you, don't know how I got this far. And we're gonna know the pain of letting go. After that, Duke, Anita Robles, Asher Kaplan, Megan Dunn. J.K. Jones is here, <laughs> the voice that I can hear in any harmony. Oh, Just oh, like God. the most clear, bell, perfect, <sighs> unique harmonizing. Thank you. Excited to hear what you have to check play to next. Check. Right. Oh, I gotta plug this up. Yeah, are you amping up? As most of you know, I um, study and work on trying to cover Joni Mitchell, who is such a difficult artist to cover. Um, and so I'm going to try and cover another one and just try and stay calm, right? Just stay calm. So um, this was a song that uh, uh, was recently... Uh, well, it was covered, but Joni sang it at the uh, Newport Folk oh. Festival. And, um, I mean, we just all died. We were like, wow. And, you know, she wrote it when she was young, but it's just timeless, right? So both sides now. I'm going to try and cover this song, uh, which I just love. And uh, she, I worship her. So here we go. Everyone, one more time for J.K. Jones. Hello, everybody. This is Arwen Lewis, and you're listening to The Arwen Lewis Show. You just heard my guest, J.K. Jones, performing Joni Mitchell's song, Both Sides Now, and that acoustic version is literally my favorite song. I mean, all, all of her songs are my favorite songs, but that one in particular. Um, and anyway, J.K., so we've been talking about uh, your inspiration by Joni Mitchell, um, your uncanny ability to be able to interpret her music flawlessly and so faithfully to you know, her, her truth. And also, um, yourself is this incredible songwriter. And, uh, we'll talk about this a little more in the later in the show, but you're going to be releasing an EP of original songs in the spring of 2024, which is beautiful. Um, but I wanted to talk about uh, the different instruments you play on stage. Can you tell us about them? Yeah. Sure. Um, well, of course I've got my Martin guitar mm -hmm. that I just adore. You know, every guitar has a heart and soul and Sometimes you go to a music shop and you pick up guitars off the wall and you start playing them and you're like, mm -hmm. and then you, you strum one and there's something that happens there. And this is that guitar. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many people, either on Facebook or when I'm performing, I perform at the open mic at Kulak's. Mm -hmm. People come up to me and say, what is that guitar? That guitar is amazing. And then I change strings and I think, well, maybe it was just that particular set of strings. It was something. No, it happens all the time. So um, I'm blessed to have this really great guitar that I'm in love with. And she seems to like me a lot, too. And it's also the way you play it, too. Well, There's I that. do appreciate that. <laughs> I definitely did. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I've worked hard on trying yeah. to perfect that for sure. Mm -hmm. So um, I have several other guitars uh, that I play as well. And now because of these alternate tunings, and if you're going to play out, you can't spend a lot of time in pattern and retuning on stage. It takes up too much time, especially when you want to deliver a great set. Right. So I try to, um, and you've seen me, you know, do the retunings, and it, it is a little bit time consuming. You're I, really good on stage. Like you wouldn't even you. know because you'll be telling a story while you're doing it, and uh, you're a magician. I'll just well, say that. Well, okay, yeah. I, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, you I, I appreciate beautiful. that. Yeah. To kind of focus on what you're doing. So I, I try to have several guitars and yeah. different tunings at this point. They're all. They all have a little different flavor, and mm -hmm. so I picked them for their particular purposes. But I know what you're alluding to in this question, and that is I play the mountain dulcimer right. on stage, yes. which is an instrument that Joni, and there's a cool story about this dulcimer that I have, uh, which is a McFadden dulcimer. Uh, Joni played the dulcimer on four songs only on the Blue album. Okay. And, of course, that's the iconic album mm -hmm. of, you know, 
for me at least, uh, has been widely recognized as one of the best albums there is out there. Uh, and so I set about learning, you know, these tunes on the dulcimer. Someone gave me a dulcimer, oh, wow. and it wasn't really the nicest dulcimer, but, you know, I managed to learn the tunes on it. And then I decided it was time to get something that was a little more performance-worthy and a little more gravitas to it. So I started calling around to see what I could find, and um, I, there's a, a company up here, actually, on the Central Coast called Blue Lion. And they, uh, I called them and they say, you know, it's like an 18-month wait to get one of these instruments. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, do you have any recommendations? I've been, you know, to McCabe's down in Santa Monica yeah. and other places. And they said, well, you know, there's a gal in uh, Culver City, Joellen, uh, Joellen Lapidus. And I went, oh, she's the lady that made Joni Mitchell's dulcet. <laughs> I get goosebumps wow. just thinking about it. Yeah. Here's her phone number. Give her a call. So I did, and who, you know who knew because she yeah. was she was living in um, Santa Cruz at the time. Okay. She met Joni and literally tracked Joni down and convinced her she needed to have a dulcimer. Yeah. <laughs> and then it ended up on the album, and she mm -hmm. played the dulcimer with uh, James Taylor, Taylor playing the guitar back on the album, and so. I went over to jo Joellen's house. Oh my gosh! And I, I mean, I'm still getting goosebumps know, thinking I'm about it. And she had this mixed bag, and we played several, and, and so on and so forth. And so I'm like, I'm in. I'm going to get this dulcimer. And then I started playing Joni's songs, and she started playing and singing with me, and then telling stories about Carrie, who the song Carrie is about. And I thought, I am one degree. Right now, one degree from Joni Mitchell. And I'm hearing some backstories, and I just, that was a magical moment. Wow. So I wanted to bring that energy into that instrument in a very true way. And so when I play it for those songs, it really is to try and, like you said, be as evocative and as close as I possibly can and true to Joni's music because I want it to live on. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so unique. And my daughter, who's in her 20s, she was uh, raised on um, a lot of Joni Mitchell in the background. That was kind of a background track for her. So, um, you know, it's important to me that not just my daughter, who's familiar with Joni and now her friends, will say, who's that? And she'll say, what? <laughs> you don't know who she is? So we're, we're really keeping that spirit alive out there by playing the music live. And like you mentioned earlier, we did the Joni Mitchell tribute. Mm -hmm. And there was just a lot of interest in hearing her music live. We had a lot of uh, other artists come on the first half yeah. and covered their favorite Joni Mitchell song. And then I was lucky enough to be featured on the second half. When you were the headliners, this is Stardust, when you were talking about? Yes. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. So you, I mean, I know why you got okay. chosen to be the headliner, <laughs> but how'd you connect to that? Yeah, okay. let's, let's hear about the show. Where was it? Sure, sure. Um, it was a, uh, a, a gal, her, Jamie Thorne, mm -hmm. and she's a, a member of a, a great band called Jackal. Okay. And, um, so she has been putting on concerts there for 20 years or more in her backyard, a lovely place in the San Fernando Valley, and you'd never know it was a hidden gem, right? It's totally cool. a hidden gem. She's set up a stage and whatnot. So uh, there's a gentleman guest here, Tim Barker, who is a phenomenal harp player and a member of many bands and has played around, you know, on musically uh, for many, many years as well. And so one of the places that we started frequently frequenting in the Valley is um, uh, called the A-Frame. Okay. So it's a house concert. Cody cool. Knuckles' house, and he opens it up and brings artists in. And so I met Tim there, and they have a song circle. Tim heard me sing some Journey covers, mm -hmm. and that's what kicked this whole thing off because his sister is a musician. She's a member of the, the Jackal group as well, okay. Leslie Barker, along with Karen Tobin. Uh, so those are the three ladies in this trio, and they sing close harmonies of original music. It's fantastic. Well, Tim started promoting me to his sister. His sister is an organizer par excellence and coordinated this whole concert. So okay. that's how it all came about. It's all Tim's fault, is what oh. I like to say. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. <laughs> I'm so grateful to Tim because it's really been magical. Um, well, that sounds like an amazing experience. And to get to hear everybody else interpret her songs, too, must have been really special. Did some people like venture off from, or did they all stay true to her? I, 
absolutely they ventured off. Yeah. So there was uh, we had guys and gals performing her songs. Okay. And so um, there's a, a song called Fiddle and the Drum, which is oh. a cappella. Okay. And um, a, a fella performed it, um, and it was... It was about his experience of being a warrior. Oh, it wow. was told from because it is an wow. anti-war song, yeah. um, and he but he took that in and performed it uh, from that pers- from this very different perspective. Yeah. And we were we were just you could hear a pin drop. Wow. I mean, it was just an amazing that's interpretation, amazing. right? Yeah. So that's the sort of thing that was happening in the first half of that show. Mm-hmm. So I mean, everyone had just upped the ante yeah. for the second half. And yeah. So for me, it was all about stay calm and uh, you know carry on the kind of the cool thing about this as well was um, I don't play piano I wish I'd learned but we uh, had a wonderful pianist Steve Tannehill who I work with on uh, several uh, Joni piano pieces so I sang Blue I sang Last Time I Saw Richard um, River Mm. Um, yeah. And I think there was one other, but um, that took a lot of work, not being protected my, by the guitar, yeah. right? Having an instrument in front of you is a very comforting thing, but yeah. being, well, almost buck naked up yeah. there holding a microphone is a whole different story entirely. And when, I, when I do that, I'm like, I need a curtain. <laughs> Stand <laughs> exactly. behind the curtain. Well, anyway, um, really quick, uh, we're going to run out to break right now, but so we're going to play your version of Chelsea Morning. Are you playing the dulcimer on this one? No, or that's a guitar, guitar piece. Okay. Um, I couldn't remember if she had used the dulcimer or not. But anyway, we're going to take you all out to break with J.K. Jones' recording of Chelsea Morning and bring you back in with Morning Morgantown. This is Arwen Lewis on The Arwen Lewis Show. We'll be right back. Merchants roll their awnings down The milk trucks make their morning rounds In morning Morgantown We'll rise up early with the sun To ride the bus while everyone is yawning And the day is young In morning Morgantown table in the shade and sip our tea and a morning and watch the morning on parade in morning Morgantown Hello everybody, this is Arwen Lewis on the Arwen Lewis Show and my very special guest is J.K. Jones and we just brought you back in from break uh, with her song Morning Morgantown which is a recording of a Joni Mitchell cover and J.K. has some guests in here with the studio today do you want to introduce your guests? Absolutely behind me to my right is uh, Lauren Lundeen my daughter she's 22 and she is a phenomenal singer songwriter and singer great harmony singer in her own right and then uh, next to her is uh, Tim Barker um, who I met in the singer-songwriter musical circles along the Foothill area in the San Fernando Valley and San Gabriel Mountains. And 
Tim will tell you himself that he's my my biggest fan, right? Oh, so, 100%. <laughs> so he has really worked within the community that he knows well uh, to sort of introduce me to people, his sister included. Um, and this whole thing was like a snowball after, you know, Tim started connecting me with people. And his sister said, where have you been? Yeah. Under a rock? And I said, well, kind of, yeah, with everything that you spoke about yeah. before you know I've been a little was a little bit busy so I, I'm you know forever grateful to Tim for you know being part of this and sort of bringing me in and the real great camaraderie and frankly love that I felt in this community and how much mutual support that we have for each other's creative projects so that's who I brought with me good because well, they're my peeps and then um, we had Lauren she was singing on uh, your first song that you played this change right too so everybody just so you know there was a harmony singer and she's right here you want to say hi? Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start talking. Is because um, I want to talk about your uh, EP that's going to be coming out. Um, can you tell us a little about um, your upcoming EP and has it been recorded? Who's producing it? Ah, yes. Mr. Ed Tree okay. is producing it. Um, and uh, he has produced a lot of albums of uh, local singer and songwriters in, in our community. And he is, I have to say, the coolest, most talented dude everywhere and has a patience of Job. Awesome. Especially for someone like me who's like, oh, this is my sixth album. I know how it goes. It is so basic for me. It's like, well, can you work with a click track? You know, um, can you, you know, well, we're going to record a scratch track, you know, and, and so introducing me to how all these things work. And I'm doing it all with original music. Um, so, and they're not really having all the ideas of how I want to layer in what types of instruments. So he's been so wonderful and patient with me in talking about, you know, what that I might want that to sound like and what kind of instrumentation I might want to have. And then me listening to things and sending them to him or playing them for him. It's like really like what Sarah Jaros does, you know, with John Leventhal mm -hmm. on this album. Um, and just like the tonal quality and how tasty the guitar is and just there's space within it um, and you know just or this sort of you know sort of almost jazz drum you know uh, percussion track that goes with something so my I, my song my original songs are so eclectic uh, that it's like okay I have to think very broadly or what about what kind of instrumentation I might want to have oh maybe I want to have a cello mm -hmm. you know some strings and and Laura was saying I definitely hear flute on that mom you're gonna have Take your flute out and yeah. put a flute track down. Just throw it. Just throw it a little bit. And then we were talking on the way here because I, I have a blues number that came out, and another one that came out of nowhere. It's, it's called uh, uh, Find Me a Freight Train. Okay. And I sent it to Tim, and he laid down a, a harp track on top of it. So that's getting, quote, wheels, yeah. right? <laughs> that's beautiful. That's though. how that works. It's gaining yeah. steam. It, oh, there you um, go. It's gaining steam. Yes. Yeah, it's got wheels. Gives it the gas. How else can we say it? Yeah. <laughs> getting it's cooking it's gonna okay. cook it's definitely so that's what this process has been like and nice. originally I thought oh I want to put out a CD but I don't know if you've noticed but people aren't picking up CDs at these things oh no they're not I, I mean, mean maybe it's like oh I'll buy your CD you know I'm supporting <laughs> you as an artist but frankly I've got a whole bunch I haven't even cracked open I'm the same way I go to or Spotify I'm on my so I thought well why not um you know, do an EP instead. Yeah. And um, so I'm looking at different ways to release this to keep it fresh mm -hmm. so that I can complete some of these bits, get them out, um, and then work on some new things. So it keeps me inspired. Hopefully it keeps an audience engaged and my friends involved and interested as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's always nice to be able to share with your community and your fans something new that you're working on. And I mean, I think, you know, and if you release an EP, they're like, well, where's the rest of the song? So it just leaves them wanting more. That's the whole idea. Um, do you have like a big collection of songs or do you write specifically for the projects that you're going to work on? Well, this is an interesting collection. We were talking about that on the way up. Um, I have this sea shanty. Okay. And it was inspired by growing up in Rhode Island and mm -hmm. there being these old homes with what they're called widow's walks. It's like a turret with windows on top. And I was just informed that actually was not originally a widow's walk. It was for purposes of putting out chimney fires. Oh. <laughs> so you wanted to get up there and dump some sand down your chimney so your house didn't burn down. But ultimately, during the whaling and seafaring days, you know, the, the, the seafarers... W wives would look out on the horizon, so they were called widow's walks. And okay. as a child, I think... 
what happened up there? I mean, what was that story? You know, was it a whaling captain? You know, did they come back? So it inspired this song. And um, so, I, you know, where did that come from? Well, I guess that's what inspired it. But then in terms of, you know, how I'm going to put instrumentation on it and where it's going to go and whether it'll be part of this, you know, release or another release. I'm not really sure yet. Mm -hmm. But the idea, I think, for me is just to have an interesting group of songs up front, mm -hmm. um, maybe with one as a, as a, a lead or maybe a single to come out with, with the rest. And then, um, so that song started about 30 years ago. Oh, wow. wow just the first little bit of it yeah. came out, and then it, it just sat there, mm -hmm. you know, uh, on the shelf, and I decided, I, I, for some reason, I'm kind of interested in what that story is about. I want to find out where it goes, and so yeah. I ended up finishing it <clears throat> just pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. And that's been true with another couple of songs that I've wrote. Well, Find Me a Freight Train came out all at once. Okay. So... Who, yeah, who knows? Yeah. I mean, bits of it are right away. I don't set about uh, to write a song. My daughter, Lauren, and I just got back from the New England singer-songwriter retreat yeah, over Labor Day. Yeah, I wanted to ask Day. a little about that. What's, what was that like? And I know you got a scholarship. Amazing. It was the most amazing experience. Um, so Ellis Paul, who's a very famous singer-songwriter from the East Coast, mm -hmm. along with his partner, uh, Lori McAllister, uh, they organized and put on this retreat. So this was the seventh okay. Nesser New England singer-songwriter retreat. And I had submitted Sisters of Mercy and then said, look, I'm flying from the East Coast. I mean, I have a little bit more expense here than other people who are just driving down from Boston. Yeah. Because it was in Connecticut. Okay. So I received the scholarship and decided I'm taking my daughter. Yeah. This could be a hit or a miss, right? Because this is, you know, the demographic there is more my age. There are some younger people and I thought she could really groove on this and enjoy it or, you know, it could just be a disaster. It's like, Mom, get me out of here. She's looking at her watch. Well, in fact, and she can speak for herself on, on this, but it, it was amazing. It, it turned into just a fabulous experience for all of us. So, they had Anja Duvacott, uh, Dan Byrne, who's going to be performing this Friday at McCabe's. Okay. Um, so Ellis Paul, Lori McAllister, um, and we had uh, Molly Molly Venter. Okay. Um, who else did we have? Well, just all of the oh, singer-songwriters that Mark were there. Mark Orelli. Mark Orelli. Okay. Was the most phenomenal songwriter. He wrote a song by degree. It's called By Degrees. Uh -huh. I Absolutely. highly recommend checking the song out. Yeah, it okay. will really move you. So these were our mentors up close and personal. Yeah. And we did sessions with them. So th the cool part was is we all wrote and performed songs while we were there. So in terms of cracking open the muse and your heart and you know what's really going on and getting, you know, the fear and self-doubt out of the way and engaging it that's what that was about. It was amazing. And I mean, that's, I mean, those are experiences that not everybody gets to have, and especially like as a young songwriter, too. Like, I mean, that's invaluable. So, it how was cool. amazing. I just, no words can describe how incredible it was. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't ask her anything. Well, right. I, yeah, exactly. I didn't tee her up because yeah. I didn't want to taint her one way or the other as to what it might be like. Sounds like a pleasant surprise. It was. And I can't wait to see where you go in your music career. Um, we're so we're going to run out to break really quickly here um, and we're going to take you out to break with uh, J.K. Jones's recording of The Gallery and bring you back in with A Strange Boy and then a live performance. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Good afternoon, J.K. Jones here on the Arwen Lewis Show. I'm going to be sharing with you some of my uh, Joni Mitchell covers, some original music, um, and talking to you a little bit about my EP drop, which will hopefully come sometime early next year. Before the next great song plays, let's pause to consider all the people who work tirelessly to bring us the music we love. Music Cares is music's leading national charity that provides a safety net of support and crisis relief for the music community. Everyone from musicians to tour managers, sound engineers to designers can rely on Music Cares to provide emergency financial assistance and essential resources in times of need. Find out how you can help at musiccares.com. That's M-U-S-I-C-A-R-E-S dot org. Sisters of Mercy. I cannot tell you where the song came from. It was a download that arrived one day and I just followed its path until it was completed. It's a finger style piece that I think some inspiration came from Fairport Convention, but you can make up your mind about that. Anyway, here it is, Sisters of Mercy. Keep you home. 
Hello, everybody. This is Arwen Lewis, and you just heard a beautiful performance of J.K. Jones' original song, Sisters of Mercy. She told us a, a story about how that song was created in the beginning of the show, and uh, you can scroll back on the podcast and listen, or, um, you know, hopefully you caught the beginning of it on the radio. And anyway, J.K., it's been so cool to hear about your inspiration and your career, and I thought we could uh, finish up talking about um, like your favorite venues. Is there a venue where you performed that was just like an unreal experience? And is there a venue um, that you would love to play that you haven't yet? Perfect question, Arwen. <laughs> yes, yes and yes. So um, two of the best acoustic experiences that I've had, and mind you, I want to preface that by saying as a vocalist who I'm really trying to tune in um, and so that I can not just hear myself. If I hear myself properly, then I can control my dynamic. Right. And the dynamics are so important on, on the vocals for the songs that I do. Right. Um, I'm not a belter, mm-hmm. so I have to be able to to use those dynamics very effectively. So, of course, one of my favorite places is the Lost Chord yeah. because the acoustics and the dial-in and the equalizing that goes on there and how the care that was taken and particularly with the dulcimer, mm-hmm. to get that pencil mic in there and get everything equalized, I just really hear myself well. And when I can, I can perform better. Oh, no any, question about it. Yeah. yeah. So that definitely lost chord is, and I tell everyone that's the case. So the other place that I performed recently in LA off of Fairfax is Molly Malone's, oh, which yeah. is that you know yeah. classic Irish bar. Um, George was a sound guy, okay. and what he did with nothing short of magical. Uh, I that was also one of my best performances. Again, because the monitors were set just right and balanced with the house. Mm-hmm. So I felt like what I was hearing was uh, very effective for the house as well. Okay. So where do I want to play? Yeah. Oh, my bucket list. I would love to uh, be able to play um, at McCabe's. Yeah. I had a chance that came close, but due to some circumstances, I wasn't able to do that. So that's sort of on my list of just local, you know, classic venues and we don't know how long these places are going to be around and a perfect example of that is a backstage coffee gallery backstage that bob stain had for ever yeah and now it's closed i didn't know so they've closed when did they close i didn't know uh or well it's like about six months ago tim or so i mean bob is in his 80s and he's just like I'm done. I'm going to write my book. Yeah. And he should because he has all this experience from running a, um, a not just the coffee gallery backstage, but he was running um, a, a comedy club as oh, well. Okay. And he's heard all the stories and seen everything. I yeah. want to read his book. So, yeah, Bob, yeah. get that book done. <laughs> So yeah, so those are some of my favorite venues. The, You'd the be perfect at McCabe's, and I'll buy I'll buy ten tickets and share them with my friends. I yeah. love it. Please do, <laughs> and we'll promote the show. Here. Yes, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about? I could see you playing in a like really beautiful like theater too. You know, do you have any theaters that you would love to perform in, or does that well, is there it more are, local of uh, more local venues of interest to you? Um. Well, that's a good question. I, I have performed at a large venue. That was uh, the Canyon Club. So okay. that's a 1,200-seat venue. Is it is it you know intimate? There's it, it, Not necessarily. Yeah. It's sort of spread out, and, and it's a bar and, and a restaurant. There's a lot of activity there. So it's, it's good so that you can focus in on your craft, yeah. right, with a lot going on in the background. So, yeah. you know, similar to, I mean, it's easier for a band to play in a bar. Yeah. But if you're sort of a solo act, maybe with just a guitar back, that's a little bit more challenging yeah so um there are some beautiful theaters out there yeah so i'm going to put them on my radar now that you have right now i'm just trying to get my ep done yeah and focus on that creative project yes you know our energy we have to go with where our energy flows and what we've i want don't want to spread myself too thin at this point in time yeah and that sounds like you know this is like the life that you've created for yourself through the music and Joni Mitchell and your you know she's inspired you to do so and honestly I feel like that would make her heart sing you know what I mean because like if she knew that she I I know she knows that she inspires people that way but for you to be such a true devotee to her music um, I'm sure she's heard it or she must know about you I don't know but (laughs) maybe one day that would be my dream would be to meet her in person and just to thank her for all the inspiration and it chokes me up to even think about it yeah 
Well, thank you so much, JK. The, this literally just flew by. I feel like I just blinked my eyes and the interview's <laughs> over. Um, but what a great conversation. It was so cool to hear all about, um, you know, your whole, you know, life as a musician and songwriter. And um, everybody, you can find out more about uh, JK Jones at jkjonesmusic.com. Uh, look her up on Facebook under Jillian Van Maiden, Instagram, JK Jones Songs. And do we want to share Lauren's Instagram too? Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's Lauren Lundine Jams on Instagram. All right, yeah, look up her daughter Lauren too. Everybody, uh, thanks for listening. This is Arwen Lewis on the Arwen Lewis Show. And we're going to take you out of the show with JK Jones' original song called Soothe My Mind. Have a good listening. Bye.
The Arwen Lewis Show is brought to you by OMAD Records, featuring artist Robert LaRoche. And Robert LaRoche's music is available on omadrecords.com, Amazon, Spotify, Apple Music, and streaming everywhere. Go visit omadrecords.com to find Robert LaRoche. The Arwen Lewis Show was brought to you by Evolve Entertainment. Host and executive producer, Arwen Lewis. Executive producer, Jeremiah D. Higgins. Producer and sound engineer, Richard Dr. D. Dugan. You can find Arwen Lewis and all of her music at arwenlewismusic.com. And follow her on Instagram at arwenlewis. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.